Let's put those aside cautiously. <laughs> You're neatly stacking. Those papers are in order. Your bric-a-brac. Right. <laughs> My manuscripts. <laughs> yes, because that's what I do old-fashioned. I only type it once. I figure you got a typewriter back there somewhere. <laughs> I stick it just on the thing. And there's no copies. And I like to leave it with a fan and an open window nearby just for the extra risk. Makes you feel alive. You're a daredevil. You know, art art is best when it's transitory. <laughs> I'm not that old. But I, did, <laughs> but I did have one that was eaten, uh, one story that was eaten by a computer. And I didn't have any copies of it all. Back then I did. Oh, no. You, know, you did have hard copies. And now I don't just generally have hard copies, but I uh, do multiple saves on different platforms. And so it's usually pretty safe. Yeah, that's good. You can save your stuff in the cloud. That's right, the cloud, which it's is like all magic. around you. It's all around me all the time. I save it in the ultimate cloud, my brain. Oh, <laughs> seems like a very error-prone cloud. <laughs> There's this cool part. I don't remember it, but I know I wrote it, and it was pretty cool. <laughs> sure, you should have been there. Should have been there. It's like this is not the greatest novel in the world. This is only a tribute. <laughs> <laughs> so couldn't remember greatest song in the world no uh how do you want to introduce this mini episode i don't know it's a good question um how about he's got easily and we heard to talk a little bit <laughs> that I got it. I got it. He's Scott. He's Lee. And we're going to have a short chat (laughs) about, and then we say, that'll be our format for our little short. (laughs) He's Scott. He's Lee. Yeah. And we're here to save civility. Ooh. No, that's that's too grandiose. (laughs) Too grandiose. We're here to save tea time. (laughs) (laughs) It's an excellent tradition. How about, he's Scott. He's Lee. We really don't have know what we're going to do. <laughs> I like that. At <laughs> least spontaneous conversations. Uh, so, like, superheroes are kind of fun. <laughs> start, start playing our fan fictions. <laughs> you can still write it. I don't feel like it anymore. <laughs> There's no rule that fan fan fiction has to be completely <laughs> like if you want to write a fan fiction where like the A team teams up with MacGyver, you can technically that's not the same universe, but you can also write fan fiction. This is my fan fiction of the Hulk fighting evil Hulk. Okay, <laughs> I realize there's not really any rules for fan fiction. <laughs> oh, there's rules. There's hardcore rules. <laughs> I think it was on Twitter. Somebody retweeted some author who was upset about fan fiction. It should be illegal for you to write fan fiction. Write your own stuff. On the way, I, I get the idea of... You, know, you can be a little irritated, I guess. Although, it's fan fiction, so it's not canon, so it doesn't matter. But on the other hand, I'm like, you know, when people are talking about your work, it's weird to be it's like, flattering. I'm upset that people are talking about my work. I haven't. I don't get a lot of fan fiction myself. Somebody liked that asshole's book enough <laughs> to well, write see, a story in, in the universe. I don't get a lot of fan fiction. And then... And, and, uh, friend of mine explained it's because I says I don't tend to write series and sequels. Fan fiction tends to take place either 
either a- answering questions that are not answered in the series or scenes that took place off camera, so to speak. Yeah, it feels like you really like to visit a bunch of different worlds. <laughs> well, and, and so it's interesting because there, there's one piece of fan fiction I read uh, about Automatic Detective, which I thought was pretty cute. I thought it was pretty good. And uh, and there might be more, but every time I've checked, I've never seen it. So it's sad. I, you know, it's just because it's so I'll write creative. Some and, and publish as is under pseudonym. <laughs> so I was writing my own fan fiction. <laughs> oh, no. That's very sad. It's like, this fan fiction sounds a lot like the story you were writing. No. <laughs> Guy's just really good. He just really knows what I'm writing. <laughs> really understands your voice. <laughs> you, yeah, uh, when I was first writing, there's a writer called uh, Christopher Moore, and some people initially thought that I might have been a pseudonym of him. Huh. But I was like, well, I don't think we really write that much alike. But then again, I guess the idea is that we're kind of similar, and then it would be a way of differentiating himself. And I was like, that's, that's a very weird goal. Yeah. And we already know my official pseudonym that I will write under one day is Alabaster St. Bulldog. I didn't know that. <laughs> that's, that's my official pseudonym. I like it. Uh-huh. Now that I said it out loud, though, someone's probably going to use it. <laughs> it's like a, a Vonnegut. Kirk Vonnegut oh, yeah, yeah. wrote under uh, Kil- wrote a had a uh, pseudonym, a fake writer. He called Kilgore Trout, and some there's a writer yeah. who actually goes by that now. Oh, what a hack! <laughs> Are we just making enemies? Everybody Can't. sucks but us. <laughs> This is the hipster edition of hipster. <laughs> the movies. If you write fanfiction, you're stupid. But I'd like to you can write some. Please write some fanfiction for me. Please, please write fanfiction. Please. I'll, I'll write you some fanfiction. Oh, boy. It won't be very long, but it'll be weird. Well, I don't need it to be long. I'm not looking for like an epic. It'll be bad and short. That, that's, you know, if you're going to be bad, at least be short. Get into the finer details of robot sex that I've always wondered about. <laughs> That's what that fan fiction is about. It's not really about like uh, robot sex, but it's about how like they would kind of possibly have an intimate connection. Yeah, Mac Megaton and the I'm not too lady. surprised. It's actually pretty good. It's pretty good because it has sort of like a psychic thing. They should think it's a psychic computer kind of thing. Nice, it's a really cool idea. That was neat without being uh, vulgar. Oh, oh. <laughs> You know how my delicate sensibilities are, Scott. Uh-huh. You know how I am. <laughs> You're a delicate flower. <laughs> I, I think sex between a robot and a woman is a very private and personal thing. I think it's tearing families apart. <laughs> as long as they don't legalize <laughs> robot marriage. Robot marriage. <laughs> you know, if robots start asking mm. to get married, I, I, I'm really going to have a hard time resisting to say that they should get allowed to be married. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's my that's my line when a robot comes up and is just like, that's "Hey, <laughs> I would like to make my toaster the most." Well, no, the toaster is not t- intelligent enough. Robot, you've got to pick another, at least another robot. <laughs> I do draw the line. Toaster can't consent. But I love toaster. <laughs> <laughs> no, robot, you just think you love toaster. You love more the idea of toaster. <laughs> She's so shiny. <laughs> you can't just marry the first shiny toaster you come across. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Is it uh, in the Red Dwarf? Uh, I don't know if there's a TV show, but in the books, they had Talkie Toaster, which is a robotic toaster. 
But the thing is, is that it's just obsessed with toast. <laughs> so it's a really boring toaster. Like, would you like some toast? There haven't been any like recent weird British sci-fi. This is my. You ready for my hipster thing again? My accidental hipster thing. I accidental. Okay, it's accidental. I didn't watch Red Dwarf. I read the books that are based on Red Dwarf. That's pretty hipster. And then one day I'm watching like you know whatever PBS or something, and I was like, "Hey, this is like those books I read." <laughs> so, but I did not know it was a TV show for years. I had no idea it was books. <laughs> yeah, the the same two writers wrote them, uh, and they're they're not the exact same thing, but they're sort of parallel. So I knew all the stuff because I was like, oh, yeah, that's Rimmer. And I, I recognized all the characters. But it was funny because I did not know it was a TV show. <laughs> I had a girlfriend who really liked Star Trek novels and, <laughs> and didn't like Star Trek. <laughs> She's just like, nah, I tried watching it. It's not that good. <laughs> and I was like, oh, OK, that's fair. That's fair. Sure. So that's a weird thing. But the the accidental hipster thing, because I wasn't avoiding Red Dwarf, I just didn't know it existed. Oh, man. If I read the Star Trek books first. I don't know. That's weird to think about. It's weird, right? Uh, <laughs> they didn't come before the show, did they? No, no, no. no. They came after. But she said she was, it was interesting. She read, and then, you know, she read them when she was younger, and then she she read them when she was older. It's kind of funny where she said this thing where she's like, oh, there's things that I used to love about these that are kind of dumb now. Yeah. Like, definitely have a few like books, in one of the but... books, she said they have to go and go save the universe or something like that. And they get in the old gang together and they have to stop and get pick up Nurse Chapel. <laughs> and she's like, Nurse Chapel? The universe is going to explode. You can leave Nurse Chapel behind. <laughs> is she that critical a piece? Apparently. <laughs> apparently she was that important. There are definitely a few books I read as a, as a young man that I would not... <laughs> care to read through again <laughs> well it's like the thing where it's like I, I one thing i feel like uh i feel fortunate is, is most of the things that i watched when i was younger i know were i knew were lame when i was young hmm. so i don't feel bad about it like somebody would be like have you watched those transformers they're not very good i said oh they're good they're just not you know great and i'm about to sneeze but we're gonna edit this out or not <laughs> oh is that it i guess so <laughs> you built it up so much i'm sorry well you know normally i'm good um <laughs> like Super Friends. If you ever watch Super Friends, sure, it's a freaking lame show. Oh yeah, it's the worst. I mean, they made Aquaman. They made. Boring. I love. They made everybody boring. Right. I love that everyone knows Aquaman's boring because of Super Friends. But I'm like, everybody's an idiot in Super Friends. <laughs> yeah. And nobody could punch each other, and nobody could like. There's really never really any real threats. It's a weird kind of castrated cartoon show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you didn't think about that stuff back in the day, but... Um, oh, I thought about it. Well, we aren't all cultural geniuses like you. <laughs> I was like, this is lame. It never occurred to me as a well. child watching Justice League <laughs> that it might not well, be no, a good show. It wasn't Justice League. <laughs> it was Super Friends. <laughs> it's a different... Right away, that's how you can tell it's a different show when somebody's like, we're the Super Friends. I'm not really that scared of the Super Friends. <laughs> That's like being attacked by the best friends gang. <laughs> I'm picturing like some, some alternate universe where the Justice League is here. Oh, we can't them. Uh-oh. And they brought the best friends gang. Oh, shit. <laughs> Don't look them directly in the eye. 
best friends game. Or like He-Man. I remember like He-Man would be just punch somebody He-Man. No, he'd always just throw stuff in non-threatening <laughs> ways. Feats of strength mostly. <laughs> but like when you watch, again, it would go, but we're actually talking about like Batman. Batman was where they would actually fight. And I was like, oh my God, they're actually fighting. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. Watershed in animation. Changed the whole thing. Now, like, they thought violence was around, but, you know, even Transformers weren't that violent towards each other. And they were robots. This is gruesome. <laughs> this is, like, disgusting. I mean, I know they're, like, PG-13. Why are they PG-13? You just disemboweled the life form in slow motion. It's the uh, robot saving forever, right? <laughs> it, they are. It'd be different if the robots, the Transformers were just, oh, ow. Because then it doesn't matter. But they're literally like, oh, oh fun. Fun. <laughs> With you, man. Less violence, more sex. I don't mind the violence. I just mind that it's not R. I mean, when you disembowel a robot in slow motion detail <laughs> sure. and it begs not to be killed, that's R. I don't care what it is. I mean, you I know, don't disagree. Terminator, like a Terminator. Okay, you can disavow a Terminator. It doesn't care. Is Terminator PG thirteen? No, but like if if you like show me like a Terminator no disemboweled or like blown up, they just keep walking and they blow up and they just stop. You're not like as soon as the Terminator is like, "Don't kill me, man." <laughs> okay, I feel bad. <laughs> putting self preservation on a Terminator is probably a bad idea. <laughs> You don't want to feel pity for the Terminator. Well, you also don't want one that's kind of like not, oh, are you crazy? That's humans out there with laser guns. I could get hurt. <laughs> get up, you baby. <laughs> Go shoot somebody. <laughs> it's like in Phantom Menace. There's that part where the robe, the, the combat droids are, you go in there first. Why would you program robots to do that? <laughs> what logic is there in that? It's wacky. <laughs> it just seems you must just have regular soldiers. <laughs> Well, the logic of Star Wars isn't... <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm not even going to get started this. I'm not, you're not going to be baited into the logic of Star Wars? I will not be baited. I'm just sir. saying, if you're going to build a robot that thinks about not getting killed, don't make it a soldier. <laughs> just take that part out. It's fo more time to focus on the uh, economics of trade. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The Star Wars, you know, I do, I do enjoy. What the fuck are many of Chlorian is? I do enjoy boats of no confidence. That's... <laughs> remember, remember, when I used to watch the original trilogy, I thought, you know what this could use? For political machinations. <laughs> I wonder how the emperor became emperor. I bet it was through a vote of no confidence. That's what I think. I bet it involves some kind of trade embargo. Famous fan theory proved correct. <laughs> It's, it's a perfect solution to Iran. <laughs> it's like, what I wanted out of my sci-fi. It, it should have been written. This is the way I guess that the Civil War, Captain America Civil War could have been written. <laughs> Why'd they have that big superhero battle? They could have just... <laughs> talked about it. Makes no sense. <laughs> Follow the money. <laughs> it all goes back to world trade, man. One world government. <laughs> What were we going to talk about? We were going to talk about Nico oh, and yeah. Sword of Light. 
He's Lee. <laughs> We're here to rap about to rap. cartoons and stuff. <laughs> I will always rap about cartoons and stuff. Vastly yeah. underappreciated medium. Yeah, don't don't uh, make me twist your arm. <laughs> no. People are always telling me it's like, oh, this show's great. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. This show's great. Yeah, it's okay. This show is aimed at twelve year olds, and I'm like, yeah, give me that. <laughs> The sweet spot. <laughs> sweet spot. So Nico and the Sword of Light, which I don't know who is aimed at, kids. Amazon Prime. I watched the whole series, 13 episodes, I believe. And this is the highest compliment I can give this show. I have not been this excited and, and felt that the writing was as solid as my favorite thing before, uh, Justice League Unlimited, which was still, I think, one of the best things that's ever been on television, if not the best thing. Wow. It's quite an endorsement. Yeah, Nico's aimed at a younger audience, so it's not quite as complex, but uh uh but in in the the story arc that they in the character arcs they put in, in the show I think are really well done. And uh just League Unlimited, I don't know if you if you ever watched that. Nope. You never watched that? Oh Scott. <laughs> I think it's on Netflix, it was. That one's like I think like a twenty four episode series. So it was Justice League, season one and two which was all the episodes are two or three parters. And it was a pretty good show. Pretty good show. It had flaws, but it was pretty cool. It was it was the same guys who did Batman, the animated series, Superman, the animated series. Okay. And then Justice League Unlimited was their third season, and they went nuts. They just had like almost all these obscure characters in DC, and they did like a, the Justice League has became this huge organization. And they'd have episodes devoted to like one or two characters that you never even saw before. <laughs> I mean, they had like the question. They made the question cool and... Uh, Black Canary and all these cool characters. The thing about it, you're watching is like, oh, this is fun. And then about uh, halfway, about six episodes of the season, you're like, wait a minute, these are all connected. There's something going on behind the scenes. Yeah, it's it. And then by halfway oh, through, you're shit. like, oh man, what's going on? <laughs> but here's the thing: it was a great story arc, but it was also, with very few exceptions, all the episodes stand pretty much on their own. And so there's a really interesting dynamic that happens throughout and then at the end it has it has a great payoff and that's what i feel like with nico has the great payoff which is this this development of like the character and what he goes through and how he gets there and how he becomes the champion of of the of the world hmm. i'll and, have to check that out yeah just the um, limited greatest thing <laughs> greatest thing also has an episode where captain marvel and superman fight and blow up a city block oh it's amazing <laughs> you're building this up quite a bit you can't i cannot build this up enough i cannot build this up enough <laughs> The question, it brought the question and they made the question into conspiracy nut. Uh, you, you know the question, of course. Of no, nope. Scott. <laughs> I don't know anything about nothing. Black Canary. Do you know Black Canary? <laughs> Seems a little racist. Yeah, well, she's white, so it's okay. <laughs> I don't know any of these. You don't know any of these? Oh, my gosh. Vigilante? That's his name. Vigilante. That's his name. <laughs> Uh, that's the thing about DC. <laughs> they had Suicide Squad before they had Suicide Squad in movies or anything like that. Huh. Under their official name, Task Force X. That's their official name. <laughs> uh, I don't want to get too historical on you here. But, sure. Uh, Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so anyways, that's what I feel like. It's a fun show. I mean, it's... A, and uh, I just, I just I think the ride's really solid. And I like the animation. And of course, to me, anytime you have monsters, I'm excited. <laughs> That's where I feel like I'm a 12-year-old. Because I'm just like, 
Ooh, that's a cool monster. Ooh, that's a cool monster. <laughs> yeah, I just watched the first episode. Um, and yeah, I enjoyed it. It reminded me of Avatar a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool when he whipped that sword out. <laughs> <laughs> so that's some uh, fun scenes in it. And I like, there's kind of an aesthetic to it where it's this traditional cartoony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the guy voicing the marmoset is... <laughs> It's Tom. It's Tom Kenny. He's been in other things. (laughs) (laughs) Every time we do voice acting, you're always just Tom Kenny, probably best known for SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) He's also Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life. Okay. And are we going to remember this name now, Scott? This is the test. (laughs) Many of the creatures are voiced by Frank Welker. That's correct. (laughs) There's another guy, I forget his name now, because he's new, but he's the next Frank Welker, and he does almost any animal. So there's a monster he probably does ah! with him, and that, you got me. <laughs> Alan Cummings does the narration, and he does some of the creatures. Best known for the voice of... Ah. Wendy the Pooh. <laughs> oh, wow. And uh, Darkwing Duck. Fun. Mm-hmm. Seems like uh, a small club. Voice actors? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, I mean, well, a lot animated of... Animated yeah. voice actors. Yeah, well, I mean, they're, you, they're, they're, it's a secret society. <laughs> So it's got all the great voice actors, and the the kid who voices Nico, I don't, I've known he's he's young, so he's but uh, I really like kid. his enthusiasm because <laughs> the idea Nico is so enthusiastic all the time. <laughs> Aha! Yeah, Adventure Time started with some younger kid yeah. doing the voice. I thought, that, I thought it was interesting that they stuck with him as he got older, matured. Because you can definitely hear it. But I really enjoyed the first episode. It felt like it was going somewhere. <laughs> yes, it has direction, which is cool. Yeah. So, I mean, the next time my niece is looking for something to watch, probably that instead of Magical Princess Budget Bucket <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> oh, well, there's, there's, I'm sure there's some good Magical Princesses shows. <laughs> Not the one she wants to watch. Oh, okay. There's a lot of bad ones. There's a lot of bad everything. Sure. Oh, man. It's just this throwaway CG thing. Trouble can we get into with horses this week? <laughs> Doc McStuffins, at least. He's just... I don't know how old she is. I don't know what the age group of, like, what's the target of Doc McStuffins? It's a Doc McStuffins. It's a Disney, or, yeah, Disney, I think. Uh, she's a doctor who treats stuffed animals. <laughs> she's five. I don't know. She, she might, might be the right age. I don't know. I find it a little contrived myself. <laughs> Do tell. I'm like, come on, really? House would have solved that one. <laughs> The house of stuffed animals. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Hollywood. <laughs> Terrible doctor. Clearly don't know what's wrong with this bear. <laughs> I do think you can really trace everything back to the renaissance of uh, Batman the Animated Series. Speaking of which, the I, I mentioned this because I mentioned this on my Twitter. Like Andrea Romano is the voice director on this. And she's the voice director pretty much in everything ever. But I always remember first seeing her on Batman the Animated Series. And I remember Batman the Animated Series was the first show that I really remember the voices seeming more natural. Mm. I mean, like, I don't yeah. think that is a negative. You know, we watch He-Man. Most of the voices were like, okay, He-Man. Yeah. <laughs> the characters had... Every know, voice was some affectation. Right. Or, or had like, like you know, He-Man's, was, all right, Orko. You know, very... <laughs> Clearly what it was. And I remember Batman the Animated Series, like even though Kev, like Kevin Conroy as Batman, one of the reasons he performed that is he just did it as a voice. He he wasn't doing Christian Bale's Ooh, <laughs> 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 
was a like, terrible Batman. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's spot on Christian Bale. <laughs> indistinguishable. I, indistinguishable. I think the difference here, <laughs> that's what I would have difference is I would have had the Joker go full of like, <laughs> and then I would have had this. <laughs> telling you, look, that movie did well and people like it. I'm telling you, I could have made it great. <laughs> Where was the lapel flower that shot Batman with water? <laughs> the acid. Nowhere. Acid lapel? Yeah. I'm just saying it takes more than a purple suit to be a supervillain. You need a theme. He had a theme. He was a psychopath. That's not a theme. I love when people make Batman it's characters. A theme for like, adults. It's like, no. I love when people like take Batman characters and just make them crazy. And I'm just like, well, now that's not a supervillain. It's just a psychopath. Say what you want about class. Oh, like I wrote fan fiction one time of, of Batman. This is as a professional. But I wrote a fan fiction I put on my website. It doesn't use their real names. <laughs> He uses their real names, other superhero names. But Batman has to kill the Joker because the Joker's finally just gone too far. And there's just like, well, you're not really a supervillain anymore. You're too dangerous. <laughs> so him and Commissioner Gordon have to kill the Joker. It's a really good piece. I forget what it's called. Last Laugh? I don't know. It's on my website. The Killing Joke? <laughs> yes, it's called The Killing Joke. <laughs> part, part two. two. <laughs> but I put part do. Part do. Oh, how refined. And at the end it says Finn. Feed. <laughs> question mark but yeah so so i mean i like when my sewer villains even if they're psychopaths have a nice theme otherwise you're just a guy in a purple suit sure tim burton tim burton got that right yeah. at least <laughs> yeah the old 66 show i love batman 66 <laughs> that one the joker was that was the thing he's, he always performed crimes that were sort of weird practical joke that was the idea batman's like what kind of practical joke is this and i oh oh you know in our movie we have to do i've been thinking about it is batman beyond return of the joker which I love. And it's probably my favorite Joker story, even though it's not really canon. Did you ever seen Batman Beyond? Nope. <laughs> God. What are you even you doing with your life? Was Learning be. things? <laughs> Going outside occasionally. Oh, that's a waste of time. It is. I regret it. Well, you know Batman Beyond the premise, right? Uh, do I? I don't think I do. It was the same guy as Batman that made a series, and it's basically the future the next generation Batman. Oh, I think I'm seen a couple of these. Yeah, it's really good. And one of the reasons it's really good is that they didn't just like, just like have Joker too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm the penguin aider. You know? <laughs> but, Riddler Jr. <laughs> Riddler Jr. So, uh, but in that, in one of the, in the Batman Beyond movie, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, the Joker returns mysteriously because they don't tell you how he died and he comes back. Whoa. It's a really good movie and it's actually my favorite deconstruction of the joker i won't ruin it because we're gonna watch it amazing it's one of my favorite favorite movies i prefer the tv cut the more mature cut has the joker die in a way that's a little bit more violent and i like the joker dying like an idiot because i think the joker's an idiot and i think it's really important like every time someone romanticizes him like he's an idiot he's a fool it's weird to romanticize somebody because he's violent and, and cool, I guess. I guess that's not any different than James Bond. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Twilight. Chase Gray. You know, it's true. I mean, even... People even, are into it. Even here. I mean, yeah, we do. It's true. It's funny. I, I'm glad that you did that. 
You know what? I'm glad right now there's a Joker fan going like, he's not the same as Edward. He's a cool guy. He's cool. <laughs> yeah, you just haven't seen the uh, the young Joker movie they making yet. So. Oh yeah, that'll change everything. I like they're making. They're talking about making two Joker movies. Are they? Yeah, because they're talking about one that's like a Joker and Harley Quinn movie, and they're talking about a Joker origin movie, and they're talking about that they're not either. Neither one of them is going to be in continuity. Which old DC movie? Who cares? <laughs> DC movie section is in chaos. Doesn't even make any sense. One, nobody really liked your Joker anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big the miss. One from uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, nothing came out in good at Suicide Squad. It was Squad. okay. Yeah. I mean, I, the movie wasn't no. <laughs> amazing, but I, thought, I their, thought their conception of the Joker was all right. I thought it was all right, but I thought, and this is going to be weird, I think he was trying too hard. <laughs> It's a weird thing to say. <laughs> no, I think I kind of agree. Right? Because you're like, you're already like a pasty white psychopath with permanently green hair in a purple tuxedo. You know what? I'm going to get damage tattooed on my forehead. Dude. Subtle. Pull back. Pull back a little bit. I'm going to have the words ha 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 tattooed on my chest. He was kind of a hip joke. <laughs> Covered in tats. It's, it's that thing where you're like, you know. <laughs> I feel it's that thing. It's like the rule about Batman, which is like, if you ever realize Batman's a guy, you immediately stop being afraid of him. Even if he is a badass. Well, we just shoot him enough, he'll die. There's a great Tiny Toons where they do uh, Justice League, essentially. Yeah. And the, the duck is like Batman. <laughs> yeah. Plucky. Plucky duck. Yeah. And the, the villain's stealing the powers of the other superheroes. <laughs> And he takes um, Plucky Duck's power, <laughs> and it's his undoing, <laughs> because throughout the episode they're going, "Oh, he's just you're just a duck in a suit." <laughs> <laughs> there was Phineas and Ferb that had the Avengers crossover, and they lost their power. Someone stole the Avengers' powers or switched them. They got switched, <laughs> and I like that poor uh, the guy who was Thor, like guy I forget who got switched into Thor. I think it was Iron Man. Was just like, well, someone lightning. Oh no, that that's Mjolnir. Okay, well then I'll fly. Although that's that's Mjolnir. <laughs> it's like, well, what do you do? Because <laughs> he can't lift it. He's still not Thor. <laughs> what do you do? Carry I carry the hammer. <laughs> oh, Batman Beyond, yeah. Return of the Joker. Amazing. We gotta watch that. That's on my list. There's All also right. I also want to watch, I was thinking about this, we may have a whole like slate of these, <laughs> Batman, Superman World's Finest, which was an animated three-episode crossover of the Batman Superman, and Superman animated series, but it made its own movie. It's great. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's the best Batman-Superman thing you could ever hope for. And then there's also one of my favorites, I think completely underrated, The Batman versus Dracula. Which is based on the Batman animated show, which was came a little bit after that, and it's more of an action-oriented show. Different company, really cool, like really great action, amazing action. Batman's kicking every kind of ass; is awesome. All the supervillains were awesome. Like the Penguin was like a martial artist, like a, like a like it's like a, like a chubby martial artist. Uh, he had to fight like Bane, but in this version, like Bane really becomes so strong, he can throw cars and smash tanks. So Batman has to get like his mecha suit, fight Bane. <laughs> The Batman versus Dracula. Dracula comes back to Gotham. It wakens in Gotham. 
it, it's it's tough because Dracula's pretty tough. <laughs> so I hear. <laughs> yes, he's pretty tough in this one. And the Batman has to figure a way to fight him. It's hard to make Dracula look as tough as he should be. <laughs> this one, it really succeeds because every time Batman's fighting him, <laughs> Dracula's just like, really? Stop. <laughs> oh, that tickles. <laughs> yeah. And even Batman's like upset because he's like, Dracula's better at me and everything. He's even eclipsing my re- reputation. <laughs> like uh, the creature that stalks the night. People are like, oh, no, my rep, bro. Right. <laughs> And it's just got like a ton of really cool shots and it's got like the best finale. I don't want to ruin it. Spoiler alert. Batman wins. So we're kind of building up a list of movies. I could do all these these animated movies. These are like three of the greatest animated movies ever. (laughs) I would also love to do Batman versus the Elite, which is sort of a response to uh, Zack Snyder's Batman movies, even though it was made before them. It's weird to watch it afterwards and be like, it's like you watched the Snyder Batman movies and we're like, no, these are dumb. Here's what Batman Superman should be like. Here's a really nuanced idea about what Superman stands for. <laughs> it's very weird. Man of Steel where Paul Kent is an idiot and terrible, like giving Clark Kent terrible advice. <laughs> There's a scene in the elite where he's Superman's feeling down because he's like, well, maybe I'm not. Maybe the world's ready. Maybe there are, people are right. The world needs something besides Superman now. Paul Kent's just like, no, you'll be there. They'll need you. And you'll be there when they're ready. And Ella's just like, oh my God, his dad's a nice guy. He loves him. (laughs) Instead of getting killed in a tornado because he's stupid. (laughs) I'm going to save you. Don't do it. (laughs) You know, I can move at superhuman speeds, right, Dad? (laughs) People probably aren't going to notice if a piece of debris that like shapes like Superman. <laughs> oh, we better play it safe. <laughs> what if I ran, went around the corner for a second? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, boy. I've been trying to die in a tornado for <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> How am I supposed to sacrifice myself nobly if you, if you just stop it? That movie. Oh, so many dumb things in that movie. <laughs> Superman's parents don't need to die. <laughs> right. He doesn't have to have dead parents. <laughs> right. It's dumb. Like, he doesn't need a tragic backstory. He grew up in Kansas. He's a badass. He likes helping people. Yeah. It's all-American farm boy. Right. <laughs> I hate that, like, people are always, oh, you've got to be tragic. If you're not tragic, you can't be a, you're a new and non-nuanced character. And I'm just like, that's dumb. So dumb. <laughs> I don't mind the tragic characters, I think, but it's just weird that we... It's like what I like about Nico. Nico's not a tragic character. Nico in the Sword of Light, he's, he's this kid who wakes up and is literally... There's never once in this show, by the way, that he goes, Wait, if I was just born with this, am I just a simulation? Am I a robot? <laughs> what if... No, he's like, I'm going to go kick evil's ass. <laughs> That's how he was built. There's a, a part where they go in the third or fourth episode, The Forest of, of Regrets, and they see their regrets. And so she's like... She sees, the princess sees, she's had 700 years to have regrets. He sees a tree with a fruit on it, and he thinks about like, oh, if only I'd eaten that fruit. (laughs) And it's kind of like, well, he's only been around for like a week. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, that's the list. What else? I'm trying to think of anything else. Uh, Monster Squad. Oh, yes, Monster Squad. (laughs) I recall. Oh, we got plenty of these. (laughs) Something werewolf related? 
something. Oh, uh, Bad Moon. Yeah, Bad Moon. <laughs> Monster Squad's you know what I was talking too. about. I did. Well, <laughs> with you, I'm sure there's several werewolf-related movies. There's not that many as you would think. There's not a lot of good werewolf movies. Huh. I mean... It's not a popular genre. Well, it's a tougher monster. I mean, the cool thing about vampire, you just put some fangs in somebody and it's done. (laughs) Werewolves either got to get a wolf or you put a guy in bad makeup or you... It's just a harder harder sell. A lot more work. Yeah. You got squeezed out after the great vampire boom (laughs) of the early aughts. One of my favorite things as a a fantasy writer is to always hear people saying, is this the end of vampire fiction? And I'm like, yeah. Because we haven't been constantly writing it. For like 200 years. <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> Since the 1800s. This is the end of it for sure. <laughs> the most popular character to portray on film is, I think, Dracula. Like Dracula has been, really? there's more, it's either Sherlock Holmes or Dracula. One is one and one is two. And those two characters have been the most on film. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> no. Well, cause it's, well, first of all, it's because, I mean, Dracula is easy because you can put him anywhere. Boom, boom in the future? Sure, Dracula can show up. Sure. You put in the th- ancient past? Sure, Dracula can show up. <laughs> if you're a person and you have not, in fiction or in history, who has not fought Dracula in some form of fiction, it didn't happen. You must have just been born. There's no way. <laughs> he's everywhere you want to be. He's, he's, he's great. You put him anywhere. Superman fought Dracula? The Batman fought Dracula? <laughs> What about Aquaman? Did Aquaman fight Dracula? You know, DC doesn't have, like, it's interesting, the difference between Marvel and DC. Marvel has Dracula as, like, a recurrent character. That happened in the, particularly in the 70s, when uh, they repealed the comic code a little bit and let you could have monsters of uh, classic monsters appear, because for, like, a long time you couldn't even do that. And so they could, so they brought Dracula back, a uh, legendary uh, Tomb of Dracula comic, which is actually pretty good. I have some of those uh, collections. Hmm. They're a little old-fashioned because they're like 70s horror, but they're pretty cool. And their Dracula's very old-fashioned because he had to be. So he like had the whole Arpa cloak, and, yeah. and he was very dramatic and melodramatic. But like he he do have, he, like he was very popular. Nice uh, widow's peak. Yes, yeah, the widow's peak. That's like he was very. They've replaced him with a new version of the comics finally, and it's really terrible. It's like some like cyberpunk 90s Dracula. cyberpunk Dracula. <laughs> I don't even have to see it. I know no. what they replaced him with. <laughs> yeah. And it's just spontaneously just did it. And it's the worst thing ever. Because <laughs> it's like, he has this rich history of being this guy who would show up and fight the X-Men. And this Dracula, it's just straight up old school Dracula. The Silver Surfer was going to destroy Dracula. Howard the Duck fought Dracula. <laughs> Howard the Duck. It's a great, it's a great series. I love that there's, in the Marvel Universe, this classic, classic of Frankenstein's monster is also around. The Warwolf by Night. So they have a lot of those classic characters. The DC doesn't have that. DC didn't have like a classic. In many ways, that's I, I, I think the DC universe is a little weaker. I think it's space stuff is a little weaker because I don't think it's space in his cosmic comics. Because really, it's mostly just Green Lanterns. Who cares? <laughs> well, I mean, I like Green Lanterns, but it's just after a while, there's like 50,000 Green Lanterns. Who sure. cares? It's just Green Lanterns all the way down. Right. <laughs> and Dracula is an awesome character. But like, I think once in DC, Dracula tried appeared and tried to like... Uh, turned superman into a vampire but he failed because here's why you ready superman is solar powered and so when dracula bit into his neck he pretty much exploded (laughs) seems like a short comic (laughs) it was very short whereas dracula when dracula fought like 
Wolverine the Avengers. I mean, Wolverine the X-Men. It was a good comic. Sure. I still feel like DC has a kind of a power creep problem where well, a lot of their heroes are very powerful. Yeah, but I mean, Marvel has the same problem. I mean, like Wolverine's become to this point where it's, you could melt them into goo, throw them into the sun, and then like a little drop... <laughs> little drop is on somebody's wrist and then a week well, later it varies though right i mean it's, yeah. it's whatever writer wants it to be yeah well that's true of all of them though i mean it's like the the, the I'm gonna try to argue mcu comics. has the same I don't has the same <laughs> hold my own here well the thing about comic book characters i think we can agree is that especially superheroes is that they kind of vary their power based on who's writing them and what's going on even the movies do that like sure. in civil war captain america is able to hold a helicopter <laughs> right <laughs> Right, somehow he he doesn't like just cream a normal person when he punches them first. It's like, well, no, it's superhero logic. That's that's how it works. I mean, he's as powerful as he needs to be through the power of patriotism right. <laughs> and friendship, <laughs> through his his belief in America, <laughs> through his power of of responsibility and friendship. <laughs> hey, kids, it's cool to follow the rules. This was supposed to be short, but... Well, it's, more, it's only about 45 minutes. We can Whatever. stop at any time. Yeah. It's just practicing. Sure. Gotta keep, gotta stop. <laughs> they got to keep the chemistry going, Scott. That's what the people tune in for. Actually, there's only two reviews I saw on iTunes. Ready? <laughs> one was, oh, this is my show. I like this. Second one was like, oh, I think they have some good observations, but I enjoyed their, that they seem like really good friends. <laughs> <laughs> we fooled them. <laughs> Good job, asshole. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, I've been wearing this mask for so long. Burns, all the all the greats hate each like other. Acid. It's like it's like a Sonny and Cher, Martin and Lewis, <laughs> Abner Costello. Yeah, a lot of people don't know Abner Costello ended on a knife fight. That was that was the truth. <laughs> Uh, Johnny, what's his name and little man? <laughs> Johnny, what's his name and little man? This is the jackass guy. <laughs> wee man, Johnny Knoxville and wee Johnny man. Johnny Knoxville <laughs> and wee Johnny. man and wee man. <laughs> <laughs> Constantly at each other's throats. Hey, Ralph. Oh no. <laughs> cat, the cat fell off. You mean the uh, classic frenemy? Classic <laughs> duos. <laughs> I like to think of us as Doctor Doom and Reed Richards. If they had a podcast. <laughs> it is my ultimate goal to destroy you and everything you stand for. So you were, we were taking a small cat break. We were taking a small cat break. <laughs> you were talking about, okay, so I mentioned Nico. <laughs> I mentioned Nico. You mentioned Kung Fury. Yes. Do you want to talk about Kung Fury? Oh, sure. I mean, we've both seen that, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not prepared for this. <laughs> your your extensive um, critique is amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's got really great cinematography, and um, it's a really good, I think, homage to kung fu movies. First of all, <laughs> and really pulpy '80s stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what I like about it, uh, I was telling, it's, it's tough to pull off. I think. I well, it's, uh, yeah. When you're trying to do something like that, it's it's very easy to get too serious like after a certain period in the movie i guess i think that i i said when i watched it as i liked it but i think i if i if written it and it's something very close to what is something i might have written i would have probably taken it a little more seriously <laughs> wait wait a, a, a dinosaur oh yeah i like that <laughs> hitler 
<laughs> you learn sure. a dinosaur? Some of these things are non sequiturs. Yes. They're all non sequiturs, really. Yeah. I, I kind of get what you're saying. There's a... At some point, you need to finish your story thread. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was good. I liked it. It's fun. Have you seen Iron Sky? Nope. I, I almost read it for the podcast. I'm not sure... Because it's not really a great movie. It just has a lot of really interesting, goofy ideas. But it kind of... It's the one where the the Nazis are on the moon. You ever heard of this one at all? <laughs> so, basically, you when find out... out. Oh, it was like a couple of years ago. Really? The Nazis are on the moon. And you find out... By the way, what I love, we talked about what I love about the Nazis is... You can say that they secretly hit on the moon. And their swastika-shaped base. And you're like, yeah, I believe that. <laughs> so... They're the perfect foil. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, they did... Look, the Nazis did a lot of things I don't approve of. For the record. <laughs> but branding was not one of them. <laughs> yeah. That's right. You're still talking about them. That's right. <laughs> so in Iron Sky, the Nazis are on the moon, and they come back to... to and they, they, like, send a guy... I don't remember the plot exactly, but it's really interesting. There's, like, a real interesting bit, which I like, which is this one of the characters was raised on the moon and so she thinks the nazis were the good guys and sure. and they show uh the great dictator you know the great dictator uh the uh you probably don't are you looking at me blankly? <laughs> the classic charlie chaplin movie the great dictator oh my god um, <laughs> in that i feel like you're starting charlie to chaplin i am going to start judging for you this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you're the uh you're the everyman <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so in that movie, Charlie Chaplin uh, plays sort of a Hitler analog. It's sort of a deconstruction of that. It's a really interesting movie. Um, but at one point, there's this weird comedy bit where he's got the glo- a giant globe and it's basically a balloon. And he's bopping it around playfully as Hitler, <laughs> as this dictator guy. They've seen that in the on the moon base, but they've only seen the part that makes it look like it's a fun, playful thing. Not that it's sort of... Like they don't see, they haven't seen the rest of the movie that shows the great dictator as, as a terrible person. At one point, she's on the earth and she's like, Oh, they're showing this classic. So she goes and sees it. And she walks out and she's just like, That was horrible. <laughs> that was horrible. Why did they say those things about it? And the guy's like, That's who he was. <laughs> and it's a really cool moment that they, that's like really, and then, and then it gets like a little weird political satire that's not great, but still kind of fun. And you have, but at the end, you have, old retro uh, Nazi spaceships fighting American and United World spaceships. <laughs> and, and at the end of the end, it's a, it's a really weird movie. I, I like it. I don't love it. I love its ambition. I don't think it, but they have a sequel and, and I think they finished it. Iron Sky 2. And it's instead of being on the moon, they, they hit it in the center of the earth, like hollow earth theory. And so basically <laughs> Hitler with his army of dinosaurs <laughs> Yes. And there's a part where it's like, you see like Hitler riding a dinosaur and it's just like, Zig how, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, ah, oh, you know, <laughs> I just, uh, it's, I think it's a cool, plus I love Hollow Earth Theory. So, I mean, you know, I'm a, cla- I'm a classic, love classics, you know, anytime a Martian shows up, I'm like, all right, you got me for a little bit. <laughs> see, that's, that's the kind of thing I would seek out. I think I'm going to go watch Iron Sky. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, yeah, it's, it's it's not great. There's some pacing issues. Sometimes I just like to see a movie that has a good idea. It has a good idea, and there's still some cool stuff in it. And it's got like weird, like like, uh, and I do like the low budget, but like the 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 spaceships versus the spaceships is pretty fun. <laughs> it's got some good stuff. It's not it's not great, but it's pretty good and it's enjoyable and it's unique. 
And I have that part where it's just like the Nazi girl is just like, wait a minute, that's what really was? It's like, well, what'd you expect? You grew up in like this secret (laughs) Nazi moon base. Even the Nazis like have like their spacesuits look like SS uniforms. Oh, that's great. Because I'm just like, totally, that's how that, I know that's not how they do it if they even did it, but it still looks cool. Sure. The, the style of the Nazis hasn't yes. changed in yeah. 60 years. Yeah. Why, well, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They know they look good. Is this Ralph? <laughs> yeah, it's Ralph. Man, he's getting big. Oh, yeah, he's a little chunk. <laughs> he's uh, quite happy to have a ready food supply. <laughs> All right. Our other cat got skinnier from stress. Uh, well, you know, whatever it takes to get sexy. Possibly because Ralphie's eating all the food. <laughs> Is that all it takes? The diet? I'm just going to have my wife start yelling at me so that I'll lose some weight. <laughs> yeah, should start hissing at you. <laughs> Pawing at your face. <laughs> so next time, we'll be watching Shoot 'em Up. Yes. The uh, poor man's John Wick. Or the uh, the rich man's John Wick. I don't know. Mm. Here's the thing. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen Shroom about. But it goes back to my whole theory about like coding and how we review things. And so John Wick is an admirable character because partly because, yeah, okay, oh, you killed his doggy. But, and everybody's shooting is usually a bad person just by default. <laughs> and also, Keanu Reeves is a good looking man. In a nicely tailored suit. Shoot him up. Now, Clive Owen is not a not... He's an attractive man. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But in that yeah, movie... Ruggedly handsome face. Right. But in that movie, he's like a homeless guy. You don't got any cool background for him. He just shows up and starts shooting people. And everybody in that movie's bad. Sure. But that movie plays on that where it's like, you don't know anything about him. He's not tragic. He's just a guy... I didn't really want to shoot a bunch of people. Well, I guess I will. There's a little bit of falling down in there. Where he's just kind of annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> now, it's interesting that you brought up that he's a bum in the movie. Because his reason for shooting people is he's saving a baby. Right. <laughs> Which seems way better than the dog. <laughs> so, well, it's, it's like kind of a study in contrast. It's like it's like we talked about. It's like the, the I've talked about before about like the passengers. If Chris Pratt was Steve Buscemi, you'd realize he's kind of an asshole. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he'd look like a creep. Right. And, and, I, and more and more, I'm... I, and, I may, and maybe it's because you know other things, but I'm like, in, in as a storyteller, but also as as a consumer, I've realized more and more how everything is coded and deeply saturated into our language and our culture, and intentionally or not, and how it really changes your perception of everything, and how it's interesting to realize that the same action can be taken by a different character, and your attitude can change just based on how much you like the actor, what they're wearing, how the music backs them up. It's really interesting. Like, I love yeah. Nico and the Sword of Light. I'm going back to that. But, like, <laughs> Nico and the Sword of Light has that great swelling soundtrack. And so, yeah, when they get to, like, the penultimate, the ultimate end episode, and he triumphs, spoiler alert. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, man. it's shot in a way. Now, of course, it should be. There's a reason it's well invested. You like this character. He's done a good job. Sure. Directors but, know how to cue you. But the cues <laughs> are there, emotions. too. The music is really there. The, the shot is really there. Without it, it's still be pretty good because you already invested in this kid's story. But with it, it adds that extra level. And... And I think that's what's really fascinating to me about visual storytelling. But even as a verbal storyteller, I don't know. It's on pages, word, wordsmith, dreamweaver, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> well, I know what you want to call it. <laughs> I know. You know, it's one of the things, I, it's the hardest things to teach is that, like, it's how you portray it. You can get away with almost anything if you portray it in the right light. And you can get away with almost nothing if you portray it in the wrong light. 
Yeah. And yet other part other parts are also just so difficult. I was watching I had this again, sorry, sorry, we get distracted. But anyway. Before you get to that, yeah. I think it's really interesting what you brought up about shoot 'em up. I think that might be one of the things I like about it. Because Paul Giamatti's the villain. Right. <laughs> and he doesn't seem villainous <laughs> at all. But the situations they put him in, I, I, it just kind of works. Right. Well, so he's we'll, not. We'll talk about it after He's villainous, it. but he's not. Yeah, there's lots of interesting. It's kind of work a day, villainous. Right. And it's designed on that. It's a deliberate the way you, you, you don't cast Bob Giamatti if you don't want that. I kind of wonder if they're, they're trying to get at like the banality of evil to some degree. I don't know. It could be interesting. It could be intentional or it could be just a subversion. But either way, it's really interesting. And it's like, I mean, like, again, Starship Troopers is full of that. Starship oh, yeah. Troopers, there's the coding we get as the audience, but there's the coding you see from their society and 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 so it can if you're not paying attention to it and you don't realize what it's saying you can be a little bit like this seems really weird but you start seeing it from the outside you're like oh and then you're st- i think the next logical thing to always ask yourself is what am i being coded how am i being <laughs> manipulated that's, that's what's really masterful about that yeah and, and robocop i think is robocop's another great one yeah. that Verhoeven manages to kind of show you the process of indoctrination looks, well and it's so easy to be on the outside to be like oh those guys are dumb and you're like you're being you're still you're still in there it's amazing so it's really interesting that's because when you said that about when we were talking shoot him up and john wick i thought that it's like what's the difference between the two timing cultural timing is an important aspect john wick and keanu reeves are just he's cool guy and i can't remember the clive uh, owen characters but i just remember he's like he's a cool guy but he's not that way he's He's yeah. not they don't romanticized. Quite like that. He's not right. romanticized. If anything, he's just sort of this. He's romanticized in the sense that he's like tragic, drifting, loner guy. But he's not romanticized in the. They open up. He's a bum on the street. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. So they're staging him as yeah. not. They're not staging him as cool assassin hero. Yes. <laughs> you really don't know his background. I mean, it's not important at all in that movie. You don't know he's where just he came a bum from. With a gun. <laughs> he's just a guy who's sitting there, and like you're right. There's that opening scene, and it's just the, the radio. He's like, ah. <laughs> And he, he go gets involved. The closest he has to like any defining character trait is that he's a good guy who's good at shooting people and he likes carrots. <laughs> yeah. They're good for the eyes. They're good for the eyes. <laughs> All right. Well, until then, <laughs> he's Scott. He's Lee. And we managed to kill an hour. <laughs> at least. <laughs> at least. <laughs> cool. So, I don't know. We could watch whatever you were referring to. <laughs> and then record a thing, I guess. Do you want to like, watch like some clips of D-Wars? Sure. On YouTube. And then I'll talk about... You're talking about your impressions based on clips. <laughs> and I'll talk about what I like about the movie based on my knowledge. Sounds good. All right. I like it. I can do that. <laughs> and you won't know when... <laughs> Uh, I'm also gonna try it. Just every time I talk, there's a toilet flushing sound. <laughs> oh, let me find that. <laughs> Do you hear you playing the sound there? Maybe. <laughs> you, you can't I can't tell. tell. I just I might be making texts. I don't know. <laughs> yes, texting during the podcast. That's... So every time I speak, he's just gonna have a toilet flush following it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish I could find the toilet flushing sound right now. Every time I speak toilet flushing sound, every time you speak, hallelujah, hallelujah. (laughs) This is fun. (laughs) 
Afro up here with um, the power. Don't let it go to your head. <laughs> Say something. Uh, something. <laughs> You're just sitting there pushing buttons. Having a good time. While I am sitting here talking about nothing. It's a very weird experience for me. <laughs> yeah, I can see where it would be. You'll get to hear it in a second. Oh boy, I can't wait for the wondrous mysteries to be explored. A wooga! That's my own sound effect. Oh, you like that? It's kind of tragic with this background. <laughs> yeah, I assume you have Hindenburg crashing. <laughs> Let's see, I do have this. Oh boy. And this. <laughs> oh, it took a while to load. Oh. But now it, that it's loaded, I can just say it over and over again. Oh boy. <laughs> I don't know where we're going with this podcast, but I can't wait to see the inevitable result. <laughs> so next time, I guess we will finally watch Shoot 'em Up. Next time we're going to record. Oh, we're never going to watch Shoot 'em Up. We're going to watch Shoot 'em Up. But uh, Hudson Hawk, I believe. Yes, we're going to watch Hudson Hawk with our special guest. I might, we might oh. jump that ahead on the curve of the episodes. I'll cut this part out. So next time, yeah. we'll be watching Twilight. Twilight. <laughs> it's very underrated. You know why? Because it's so romantic. <laughs> Look, I'm man enough to admit. I want a man who looks at me when I sleep and thinks about killing me. <laughs> we'll figure out it's really an allegory for uh, objectivism. <laughs> Everything's an allegory for objectivism. That should be our new tagline. Because everything means it is related to objectivism. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> There's lessons to learn here. <laughs> it's going to be like a big guide. Scott and Lee's Guide to Objectivism in Modern Media. <laughs> Subtitle, Be Your Own Sky Captain. Be Your Own Sky. All right, let's try this again. So next time, okay. we'll be watching... <laughs> I got nothing. Hudson Hawk. Are we, is that what we're watching? Oh, yeah. I mean, we are. I think we might... Look, we're going to watch... this was going to be out of sync. Oh, yeah, it's going to so be out of sync. I was trying to guess what we'll be watching in three months. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll watch Shoot 'em Up next after Hudson Hawk. Yeah. Okay, so let's do this again. Shoot him up. So next time we'll be watching. Next time shoot him up. Okay. All right. Ready? Are we going to or do it? Or is that good? I, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, this may never All make right, it even to the on. air. Let's cut that out. Okay. Okay. <laughs> My anaconda don't want none unless you got mun, hun. <laughs> so the, uh, <laughs> what is it, arcade jukebox? Or Big Trolla. The Victrola style. <laughs> I did it my way. Hey, this is crazy, but call me maybe. <laughs> Not my favorite. Tweak, tweak, thong, tweak. thong, thong, thong. <laughs> Back that thing up now. <laughs> Yeah, da 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 da. 
Welcome to Save the Movies Old Timey episode. <laughs> hmm, you think you'd pull off the, the radio cereal? <laughs> <laughs> Will Scott and Lee stop the Nazis? <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Don't have a commercial for like this. For like uh This show brought to you by Dentum. That's right. <laughs> the only chewing gum made of tobacco. <laughs> malted milk. The ultimate of the malted milks. <laughs> now with radiation. <laughs> My favorite is if you listen to like those old like uh radio plays, they'll have ads for stuff like Are you too thin? <laughs> and like different world, they'll be like You'll definitely want problem. To, you want to eat this because it helps put on the you know, put Put on healthy weight. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what a different world they live in. Well, it was like the it was like the war and stuff like that. Comedy Bang Bang has Sullivan's. They will use Sullivan's. Sullivan's theaters. <laughs> Sullivan's, you know, and it just be some dumb product. It was a podcast, and then it was a TV show, just like us on our way. <laughs> Let's try to be 25 percent funnier. <laughs> Not too much more funnier. That's be too much. <laughs> and seven percent more clever. <laughs> no, I don't like that. That's going to lose the audience. Keep it simple. <laughs> Fart. <laughs> if, if you want one, I got hey, one. <laughs> that movie was pretty good, but that guy's face looked like a boop. <laughs> the audio of Lee taking a football into the nuts. <laughs> oh, my groin. <laughs> All right, the jewels. <laughs> Slim <laughs> oil. Time for the slaving. The, the, the try show nut, nut shot. <laughs> you know what I think is missing from a lot of a podcast? Physical comedy. <laughs> Dude, it's a niche. They... We should exploit the Suntap market. <laughs> It's arm wrestle. Arm wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> arm wrestle for uh, over the top. <laughs> it's like it's like a jackass on the radio. <laughs> I kind of like that. It would be like a radio serial. We'd have an array of sound effect making <laughs> devices. <laughs> oh, he's speeding down the hill in a shopping cart now. Oh my God, what's going to happen? <laughs> He doesn't seem to have very good control of the vehicle. <laughs> I think you might be onto something here. There you go. I'm onto it. <laughs>